Okay, starting with me, there we go. So, anyway, today is uh, Friday evening for you guys. Uh, yep. Welcome to the Sangha chat. Uh, I'm sure that a couple more will join in time to this evening. And we had already got it started to talk about the relationship between psychology and the Dhamma. And also, you uh, asked the question about day-to-day -day things. And the yep. word thing caught my attention mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that the word Dhamma in the Pali actually referred to in common language that the Buddha used and picked this word up. I mean, he had to speak in the language of the day. But the original definition of the word Dhamma just meant the word like thing or that. And so words like Dhammakaya means the whole body of the Dhamma or everything. You could also say the Buddha Dhamma then is the Buddha's thing. So when you're talking about then day-to-day -day things, you're talking about day-to-day -day Dhamma, which is the Buddha's thing. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that in fact, it is very Western uh, meditation mentality. And I think part of that has to do with uh, with using the word retreat. That we make meditation a big deal. And then, in fact, the word meditation doesn't even belong in the vocabulary that meditation is something that has a word has been borrowed from Catholicism. But what they're doing is not exactly the same thing that we're doing in the sense that, yes, there is one quality of meditation that is similar, and that is over and over again practice or spending time at doing it. And this is really all about skill development or practice over and over and over again. We practice the same thing over and over and over again. But in fact, if you begin to listen to the recordings that I do, I just say a few things. But it takes hours and hours to say a few things because I say them over and over and over again, because that's that's one of the major teachings is, is that we have been spending many, many hundreds of thousands of mind moments rehearsing unhappiness. Mm -hmm. We have been talking to ourselves um, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis into feeling bad, and now it's time to practice talking ourselves into feeling good. This is the major teaching of the Buddha, but it's hidden inside the language of Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. But we can see it actually when we look right there, that Dukkha is in fact that repetition of telling ourselves that we are dissatisfied with things and we go around looking for things to be dissatisfied with. Ah, oh, Robert, welcome. So, um, well, now it's, it's time to practice over and over and over again, practice talking ourselves into feeling good, which are different than aspirations or, uh, the power of positive thinking. Now, positive thinking does have a lot of power. But it does not necessarily uh, positive always mean wholesome. For, for example, of a can-do attitude that we can really get the right plans and the right tools and the right group of people to break into the right bank and get the right money. Now, that's positive thinking, but it's not wholesome. You see what I mean? It's not wholesome thought to break into a bank. But we can have thought, uh, positive thoughts about get her, get her done. So um, let's look at more positive thoughts. Another way of looking at, at it is, is that oftentimes positive thoughts are not real. They're aspirations 
or we want something. So in fact, we actually practice talking to ourselves about things that we don't have that we should have. That's yeah. the danger of aspirations that we actually are talking ourselves into feeling bad, just like we always have, but now we're using positive aspirations to feel bad. And also being dissatisfied with what we do have. Uh, many times students have said, oh, well, I've been practicing joy, like you said, but it never was enough. I really didn't feel it. Okay, so they did have joy, but it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't good enough. It was somehow fake or phony for them. See, they're tearing it down. They're destroying it. We're just, those are the normal kinds of thoughts that we've been having our whole lives. We are taught to think that way from society. <clears throat> that in fact, a good way for it to be expressed is, is that who am I? I am the sum total of all the malicious gossip and lies that I have been told my whole life. That's who I am. And so when we recognize that, that uh, it's time to make a change, one of the most important things that we want to do is to really take a look at what's going on. To recognize that that's what's really going on is who I am is just what I've been told to be. I was a musician because my daddy told me to be. But also I became an electronic because my daddy showed me how to do that. <laughs> he wanted me to be a musician, but he showed me what to do by his own professions, including projections and tape recorders and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so um, when we realize that, that the way that we live is a habit pattern that we have picked up and we repeat it over and over and over and over and over again, that now is the time to make a change, is to wake up to that stuff and recognize that we can make a change, that we can actually think thoughts that are worthy of thinking and feel the feelings that are associated with that, that we literally can learn to feel the way that we want to feel rather than feeling the way that we were taught to feel. Now, feeling itself comes in instinctually. The ability to feel is built in, but what to feel has been sort of educated into us, including the way that we teach children how to read. Learn your ABCs, but then we fuss at them when they forget letters or get them backwards. They can't read and they're slow. And so the children don't want to learn to read because it's painful, it takes work and they're unsuccessful in it. So we as children then grow up with the attitude of, I'll do what I'm told to do, but I don't want to do it. And so we have resentment and revenge built in and all kinds of other stuff that sometimes leads into rebellion or guilt. And so you can see how all of that stuff gets fixed in because we don't teach our children to enjoy what they're doing. But the but problem is, is that I can say that one time and it does nobody any good. Everybody can agree with what I'm saying. The problem is, is that they don't practice it. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say um, this, this this specifically is something I've, I've thought about um, a lot and 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 um, and also with my my partner tried to, to practice. Um, we've been trying to practice with 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 our children and you know it's it seems to me that um that i don't know if this is the the the, the same thing but by by the, just in their natural state they're they're you know children are more in the moment um they're more like if i think of my six-year-old like he will be so engrossed in what he's doing mm -hmm. um, that you know he he he's lost to everything outside of the world and um, everything that is outside of that moment of what he's doing um, and that's like all that matters in that moment and and so you know whereas i think as you like the, as you as you grow and if you go through the traditional 
education system, then that kind of changes and you start to and and I don't know if it's if it's just because of the system or if it's because of the society or if it's just, you know, I don't know if this is if this is related, but it just made me think that it seems that the natural state, at least for for children, is to be in in the moment. <clears throat> so, yeah, and sometimes engrossed in the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. This reminds me of uh, something that we can pursue in and we start off with it in the sense of you have probably heard stories about a Zen stick. Do you know what a Zen stick is? I, I don't know. OK, <laughs> it's about a meter long piece of uh, a bamboo of less than an inch thick so that it's very handy to carry like a walking stick. And about halfway down through that stick, there's a slit that's been shaved out so that there's a gap between the two pieces so that when you hit that stick, it makes a big, loud sound. Uh -huh. Okay. Now, the Zen stick is carried by the Zen master, and occasionally he hits a student with it. Well, who does he hit and why? Do you know the answer to that? Who does he hit and why? I could I could guess, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to get you to do. Okay. Start thinking so about stuff. All right, so um, something it has. I am guessing it has something to do with with attention and where attention is directed. Precisely. Um, Precisely. In other words, he does not hit the students who are paying enough attention to know that he's in the room and he hits the one who is lost in space. Mm -hmm. yeah. Later or a deeper training, or perhaps the deeper training of the ninja is, is that there the ninja master walks in with the Zen stick and whacks the ninja students that are still sleeping. He sneaks into the dorm when they're asleep, and whoever's not uh, having been able to wake up and recognize that the teachers come into the room. Yeah. If they can't get up, they get whacked when they're asleep. Okay. Now, this is how we do that here at our house. Uh, I'm teaching my daughter martial arts without playing martial arts with her at all, mentioning anything about it. I'm also doing the Zen stick without her knowing anything about it. And that is, is that when she's uh, on her on the bed or on the couch with the cell phone and she's engrossed in that cell phone, I will just simply walk up to her and grab it to wake her up. Now, I have not been able to grab that cell phone from her for a long time. Now all I have to do is show up at the doorway and she smiles. <laughs> so, so what what is the what is the um, the I don't know the right word, but what is the 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 end goal of doing that in particular? What is the wakey wakey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wakes the child up. That is sati to become aware, or in fact, what that means that they're devoting a few mind moments to be here now. Yeah, but they recognize that daddy's in the room. Mm -hmm. Okay, before daddy's in the room, and it didn't mean anything to them. It didn't matter. It didn't bother them, so they didn't care, and they didn't pay attention to that mind moment. But if mm -hmm. they're in danger of having daddy tickle them or grab their toe, or grab their cell phone, or play with them, then they begin to join the game. Mm -hmm. In other words, they begin to wake up, to start watching what's going on, become alert. This is actually Dhamma teaching. Without having to teach the Dhamma at all to a child, you can't just tell the child wake up and expect the child to go wake up himself, but you can surprise him into waking up. Mm -hmm. The reason that I would recognize taking the cell phone away is because that really wakes him up. <laughs> if that's what he's doing, I mean, when he's engrossed or he's lost. 
-hmm. Another way of doing it, you just take your hand and just put it right in front of his face of whatever he's looking at so that all he can see is your hand. And then he tries to push the hand away. But if you could do that once a day. That's all right. <laughs> he'll be pushing your hand away before he gets in front of him. Because yeah. he'll see you coming. That's the teaching of the Dhamma. We have to be alert to see things coming. Yeah. So and get out of their way. Yeah. So isn't isn't it also? I guess I'm I'm just trying to 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 think of it like isn't there also some type of um, value in being able to focus in, in that deeply into something that can be used and, and you know in the right time? And okay, but maybe as a six-year-old, he already yeah. knows how to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now maybe he needs another skill also, and that is yeah. sati, to wake up. Yeah. yeah, getting stuck in the mud is something that cars already know how to do. Yeah. And Western meditation thinks that that's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I have to think yeah. about that. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, Actually, it comes from the, the point of um, wanting to stop the mind without actually being able to control the mind. And here we're actively practicing controlling the mind. Mm -hmm. right, here's where we're going with that. In fact, this is the, uh, a major teaching of the, of the Buddha is, is that this is an active practice. It requires skin in the game. And so meditation uh, practices that are taught in Western Buddhism generally don't have that quality of that you've got to put skin in the game. They actually just say to watch the breath. But in the Anapanasati Sutta, it says mindfully breathe in long. Mindfulness here is not just mere observation, but it is taking the effort to do that. Mm -hmm. And mindfully breathe in long and mindfully breathe out long while we're also intentionally with effort changing the kind of thoughts that we have into wholesome, gladdening, bright thoughts. And basically by taking the long deep breath that puts us in the direction of being in the senses, to being awake, to be here now as well as the uh, the thoughts that we're redirecting out of the past and the future into right to now. The best kind of thoughts that we can have while we're sitting and watching the breath is thoughts about how good it is to breathe, how nice it is to sigh and relax, and how uncomfortable it is just to sit with no place to go and nothing to do. No tensions or anxieties, and so we begin to talk ourselves into feeling really good. And we have to practice this over and over and over again. But it also means that we're bright and shining because we are on top of this to remember to keep the thoughts wholesome. Because if we forget, they will go back into the same garbage pit that they've been trained into for the past few years. Yeah. And so we have to remember over and over and over again to never mind all of that stuff. Start again, come back. Now, normally what happens for the beginner is, is that as soon as he recognizes that he has, uh, he's no longer meditating, that he has lost his ability to watch the breath, the first thing we do is criticize ourselves. Why? Because that's what we're in the habit of doing is we make a mistake and then we hate it. Yeah. That we think that we are the mistake. <clears throat> we judge the mistake as bad. And then we blessed ourselves for being bad. And then thoughts like all oh, this meditation is hard. All oh, this is a monkey mind. 
that in fact monkey mind day is normally reserved for day six of a 10-day Goenka retreat where the kids all just recognize that they're insane with this monkey mind. Why? Because they're paying attention enough to it now to recognize uh, what a mess it is in there. And it's almost like that there is a uh, that it's a monkey mind because the monkey is being chased by a monster. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, there's a kind of a monster not recognizing that the monster was let in the door and invited in. And that monster is all the lies and all the gossip and all the shoulds and woulds and coulds that we've been told. In other words, it's our own set of rules that becomes our monster. Hmm. Yeah. And that's why, and so when we recognize, hey, I don't have to monsterize myself. I don't have to order myself around or tell myself stuff to do. I can just relax and play. Mm -hmm. And then that's when the mind settles down and we can go back and in childhood and really learn to play. But now we're doing it with alertness and attention because we recognize that our toy box is huge. Yeah, one of, one of the prize items in our toy box is this brand new human toy mm-hmm. with a real human brain, and it's really marvelous to play with the thing rather yeah. than having it order us around. It used to be the monster, now it can be our best friend. <laughs> As but we have to begin to remember and to practice to rehearse. Yeah. No excellent musician ever got on stage and wowed his audience without rehearsal. No play is ever pulled off well without rehearsal, especially a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And so basically what we can say is, is that our, our daily practice of sitting meditation is nothing but a dress rehearsal yeah. for the performance of living one's life. Hmm. Interesting. Dress rehearsal. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a yeah. dress rehearsal for the performance of one's life, except that if you keep performing and rehearsing and performing and rehearsing, you get very, very skilled at it. And mm-hmm. then you can go about it, uh, go out on stage and have a ball. Because yeah. you know uh-huh. the script so well that you rehearsed it so well that it becomes natural. And so now the uh, the audience is really wowed with how much you're enjoying playing the part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's when it becomes play. Your life becomes play. First is per- practice, then performance, and then play. Mm-hmm. Think of those as the three P's. Practice, performance, and play. And play. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good way to remember it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. And so basically, that what that means is, is that you be, your whole life becomes music. Uh-huh. Your whole life becomes music, and we have to practice music, and then we can perform music, but we begin to perform it so well that now we can just play with it. In fact, that's what the heart of jazz is, is just the musicians are just playing with the Mm -hmm. music they already performed. Yeah. Improvisation and just all over the place. And, And yet a life we think is a hup, two, three, four, life is a march. We got to go someplace. We got to get from here to there. We got destinations and goals and all of that kind of stuff. But really, a play or uh, a music is really just a dance. It's more like a waltz. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and we can waltz around the dance floor, but we don't have to have the destination of the other side of the room. We just arrived there because we were playing. We were dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we. But the dance is beautiful because it's well practiced and well formed. Yeah. So I think that you know I I I I haven't 
like been practicing consistently or for very long, like maybe a year inconsistently, meaning, you know, like a few weeks and then a few weeks, nothing. And then, and, and I, and I don't know, you know, so, um, so the reason I, I'm saying that is, is because I think, you know, with this metaphor of the, the, the stage and music and the performance, um, you have to, you have to be able to practice first. That's, it seems like that's, you know, that's the initial barrier, at least, um, I don't know for, for everyone, but at least for me, um, like, cause I, you know, that was... is so funny because what we're <laughs> practicing is being happy. We're practicing being joyful and satisfied. The very goal that we spend our lives out huffing and puffing through society, the very goals that we're really after. Mm-hmm. We think we think we want that new job, but what really we wanted was just to feel good and fit in and and do the very high stuff, and we're yeah. using the the job as uh, a substitute goal. Yeah. Okay, so that's funny that people resist practicing because they resist doing what they're told to do. We got into that habit when we were kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now that we're hearing about meditation, we immediately plug that into the should box and out pops the line, you should meditate. Yeah. And then we say we don't want to. That's the problem with the word meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But why don't we say instead why don't we practice playing music yeah (laughs) why don't we practice being joyful being happy being glad glad in the mind feeling good feeling safe secure comfortable and satisfied Mm -hmm. and alert watchful on top of the game So this is, can I, so this is making me think of something else since this metaphor of game. So um, for, for, for any game or any music, there's the practice, but there, there's also the, um, like, if I were to give like a, an actual example. So like I've, I, I, I play, I've played chess for fun for, for a while. Um, and it's it's purely just for fun. So it's it's a short game that I can I can just play quick games anytime for fun. And so it's not like to some end of like getting better or um, you know, but and so um, but so there's a certain um, kind of point that you can develop you, you, with with just your your natural given um, ability and talent, and you can have fun but you can only achieve a certain level of awareness within that game um and you might be able to 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 develop or become more aware if you have more knowledge or more you're able to um to become aware of more ideas and then you know you might develop greater awareness of it but if you're if you're just playing and and practicing it without having any kind of um, external knowledge or information it's it it's it's feels like it's it's limited in that there's only so much that you can um be aware of within that within that game and i don't know if this um you know how this relates or if this if this can be related to what we're talking about but it's just making me think that we need to there there must be some way of having you know, I, I guess more more knowledge to to further to deepen your awareness, and I don't know if that's true or not. But <laughs> oh, absolutely, that's why you're here. In fact, yeah. when you're using the perspective of chess game. There's quite a lot about that. Mm-hmm. One is is that you need a worthy opponent, mm-hmm. and um, it's possible for two kids to teach each other chess. In a way that one kid can't learn to play chess by himself. Yeah. Okay. That both of them have the same books. They share the books. But when they play, they they try various things on each other, and they actually learn to play chess by playing with each other. That's yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. 
And not only is it possible, but it's possibly one of the better ways of learning chess. Another yeah. way of learning chess is from a teacher who is going to set you up and let you win and then set you up again and then let you win again. Yeah, but that becomes contrived. And not only that, but the teacher really doesn't want to do that because especially if he's a, um, really good at chess because uh, chess masters do not want to play with beginners because they start to get sloppy. Yeah, <laughs> because they're letting the students win and so mm. not having that mindset. So there's a whole lot about the uh, the point about chess. Now let's take that and put that into the into the Dhamma situation. Mm -hmm. That it's unlikely for two people together to teach each other the Dhamma because they will wind up arguing with each other. It's almost like that they will not be able to play chess because they'll tear the chessboard up and throw pieces at each other instead. Hmm. Um, so um, in that regard, the Dhamma does need a teacher. That this yeah. is, in fact, something that was very, very interesting about what the Buddha taught, and it it also came out in the time of um, there's a there's a sutta about when Ananda was out on Bindabat, uh shortly after the Buddha died, and the Brahmin was asking um, Ananda, uh, what is the difference between the Buddha? and the monks that are left okay why what is he higher than them or better than them have you know what have you lost that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and ananda's answer was is that except for only one thing we're all the same that he is at this at the same level as everyone else when you're free from suffering that's all there is to it and mm -hmm that the one distinction was is that he found that by himself that was the unique quality is is that he was able to gain now that's he also said that this happened before and since he recognized that he had found an old path that he'd only discovered a path he did not invent it yeah and also we have seen quite good evidence of people from time to time having found that path themselves, mm -hmm. but were successful to various degrees of being able to teach it. Yeah. And so there were two things that we got from from uh, Sakyamuna, uh, the Buddha, was one that he discovered the path and he was able to share it with others. Yeah. Partly because he had old old friends who were going around with him already. And so they were really primed for it, just like he was. Mm -hmm. So when he told them the missing ingredients or the missing keys, they were able to pick it up very quickly. And so that's how the Sangha got started. Mm -hmm. All right. So that goes back then now to the fact that it's been a lineage that has been passed down over and over again for 2,500 years. At first, it was wide open and anybody could get it if they wanted to, but that started to make enemies because some people resent it. They don't like the fact that uh, that, you, that they can't control people. <laughs> some people yeah. really want to control other people, and those are the kind of people who don't like the fact that uh, if you wake up, you cannot be controlled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You make your own choices. And... Uh, that that pressure instead of yielding under the pressure normally we just pop right out of it and so that's why it's hard to control is the buddha is known to just take a hike <laughs> just to walk off mm -hmm. um so uh there came a time when it, these teachings became downright dangerous then in fact over a course of about 200 years between the Brahmins and the, uh, the, the Muslims, they wiped out between 80 and 100 million Buddhists. Hmm. Or at really? least that's how many disappeared because a lot of them went north, a lot of them went east, a lot of them, some went west and they yeah. scattered and some just took their robes off but didn't take their mind off. So is that, is that a 
how do we how do we know that number? That's I mean I don't that's a huge number. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a well known and estimated number. In fact, some estimated yeah. at eighty and others estimated in, at a uh, hundred, and it happened between twelve hundred and fourteen hundred A.D. Wow, as as well as the deforestation of India. Yeah, cut down all the monks and all the trees. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> And so since that time, it has been um, more surreptitious. It's been kind of hidden. But yeah. uh, starting in the 1930s, Bhikkhu Buddhadasa challenged the mentality of keeping it secret anymore and started to letting it out in public in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole set of stories about that that's very interesting. But the point is, is that that's what we're doing here is, is that Buddhism is being let out now to the West, the real teachings of the Buddha that has been kept secret within the Sangha, being covered up by what you would call the religion of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. That the religion of Buddhism is, in fact, more like an ornate box that is, uh, that is a, a puzzle box that you have to press the right buttons and the right sequence in order to open the box to get the mm -hmm. real prize of the triple gem inside. So that's a good way of thinking. And here I am showing you where the buttons are. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to it feels like there, there, there's a lot to be shown or maybe there's not a lot, but it's going to take a lot of practice. <laughs> yes, but 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 when you're you're saying that you're saying um, that uh, in a way that, yeah, but you're up to it. You can do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the beginning of the right attitude, as mm -hmm. opposed to the loser's attitude of, oh, this is too hard, or you should meditate, but I don't want to, uh, and uh, paying sometimes a lot of money for help by going to a retreat, thinking that if they go to the retreat, that the retreat itself will do them good, mm -hmm. rather than you going to the retreat to use it for an opportunity to do nothing and hang out and enjoy your life. Yeah. That you're supposed to go there and do what you're told to do and get what you're supposed to get out of it. It's just another school up to three, four. <laughs> yeah. There's, seems like there's, yeah, there's, there's so many ways that, um, yeah, just, just as you're saying, just to be able to just sit and, and enjoy can be twisted into something else. <laughs> it's very, very kind of, um, yeah, very tricky. It seems like it can be. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. So, um, if we continue mm -hmm. the way that we were and have gotten into the pattern, uh, if we have that kind of pattern, it it's actually becomes quite predictable. Mm -hmm. In fact, it becomes so predictable that we have out of ancient society words like destiny, providence, divine guidance, divine plans, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. These all come from the mentality that we can see where someone's going, how their life is headed, mm -hmm. and that they're completely out of control with that. Mm -hmm. Which means then it must be some higher hand that's guiding that guy down that path in that direction. And that is true, except mm -hmm. that, that that God is not up there in the sky watching him. It's kind of in the back of his head in the mm -hmm. sense that um, it's the set of rules, laws, rituals that we have been practicing and rehearsing and resenting all mm -hmm. of these years. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to begin practicing something that is much more wholesome, something mm -hmm. that we haven't practiced before. So this is why we go into practicing this over and over and over again so that we can come to a state of relaxation, yeah. lightness. Uh, but it's also sharp. It's not dull. Mm -hmm. 
plant that we we know when there's sharpness there. We test it from time to time and that sort of thing. But what do you mean by sharpness? Pardon? What, what do you mean by that sharpness? Uh, here's, here's an example. Mm -hmm. Whenever there is lightning that strikes very close by, almost everyone, including the dogs, the chickens, and the people, will jump. When mm -hmm. that bolt of lightning strikes, followed immediately by the thunder. Yeah. And as that thunder cracks all around them, everybody jumps except the old man, who is aware that he's in a lightning storm and is looking for it. Mm -hmm. And when that lightning strikes, he knows that that thunderclap is coming right <laughs> now. And he just sits there and just is marveling at all these people and dogs jumping up into the air out of fright. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that that's an example of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. Is that most people are not aware of what they're doing. They're ignoring the rain. They don't recognize that they're in a thunderstorm. And then they get surprised <laughs> when lightning strikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that happens many, many times in the day. Mm -hmm. All little tiny lightning strikes going off. We live in a thunderstorm. Yeah. And uh, and so I so if I can just relate this to like just my experience. Um, so living in a you know in a family, it, it's a very I think it's. You know, as you said, the, the Dhamma, it means the, the thing or something. I don't remember you were talking about the etymology and, and things and I had asked about daily things. And and so there's there's so many things in, in, in right. daily life. daily lightning strikes, daily exactly. things. Yeah. And, and so something that this is making me think of is, you know. Each individual in that group or in, in any group, I'm sure, you know, you have different kind of awarenesses and different areas that you're more aware of certain types of lightning i don't know I, I don't know if i can carry the metaphor further but um but uh so if if you're you know kind of aware of different things is there is there a way to like how can you it seems like there's 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 a way there there's you should be able to to draw from each other ideally to you know to to help each other be more aware of the different kinds of you know lightning strikes that are coming and maybe i like so specific example my my partner she she is um much more aware of um um maybe there's so for for example with my um my my 6 year old when when he sometimes he just has huge bursts of energy um, and and that's something that 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 for some reason it bothers me. And so I will I will ask him, you know, like like why why are you screaming or something like that? Because um, sometimes he just has a burst of energy. Um, and um, so that's just one example. And and so that's yes, something that so bothers. Why me. why don't you play chess with him? Why are you throwing the board up and throwing pieces at him? Why don't you play chess with him? Yeah yeah so. Yeah, exactly. And and so she she notices this. So she's aware of this. So uh -huh. it's just this. So there's there's different things that we're aware of. And then, you know, to give a counter example, maybe well, it's OK. Are you aware then that you don't like his burst of energy? Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess I am aware of that. <laughs> I must be. All but right. in, in if the you moment, are aware then, and you can practice then changing your feelings. Yeah, you can turn that from then a burst of I don't like his energy mm -hmm. into an, your own burst of energy and go play with him. Yeah, go be a, a pretend monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's so that's that's a similar thing to what you know, my, my partner, she, she will say. And so, the, yeah, I agree with that. And that's, yeah, definitely. Right. I, I so totally, I'm totally with you. To do it. Can you yes. remember to do it next time yes. when he's full of energy 
Yes. Can you remember to play with him, even if he's not full of energy? Can you just remember to play with him? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, like, I, I do. Let I him do. enjoy being a six-year-old, and you can enjoy being a six-year-old along with him. Yes, I do. I do that. But there. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Even, well, now, even when there's now the you're doing right. it just absentmindedly and on your own and just as the time occurs, now you can do it mindfully. You can yeah. do it because you remember that you're going to behave with him differently than you were in the habit of dealing with him. That you can stop giving him your rules and start giving him your joy instead. Yeah. <laughs> but that takes some practice. You have to practice this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. And that's something I will practice. I'll 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 if we you know, I'm I'm sure that will happen between now and maybe the next time we see each other, and I, I will try to remember. And, and bring in. Ah, and, you're going to try, huh? I hear that <laughs> word every time somebody says it. I pick on it. It's a it's a pet toy. Okay. <laughs> you're going to try. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Definitely pick on it for me. <laughs> yeah. We're looking for. I, 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 I that. plan on doing that. I can accept when you say I'm going to try doing that. That's setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Okay, I, I will then. <laughs> I will. All right. That's the kind of <laughs> yes, because you there is power in that will. I will do that. Yeah, which I think, is you know, the right attitude. We're we're working yeah. with the development of the right attitude. And the right attitude is that you can have fun playing with your kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, so can can I just get back to what I was I was just gonna say, you know, I appreciate yes. Sure. Yeah. I appreciate what you said, but I just wanted to say, um, so like that's something that I need, my, I need to practice and be mindful of. But then there there are other things that my partner, um, you know, we could talk about as well. And but how can we, you know, I guess I'm just trying to to think, you know, is there a way to think about this from, you know thinking of the, the Dhamma and, and how to um, support each other, like how, how to support her. Ab for absolutely. 100%. Yeah. The basic teaching of the Buddha is the answer to your question. Let's go through it again. Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda, which mm -hmm. means see that you have unwholesome thoughts about your family, about yourself, about your son, about your wife, and change those into wholesome thoughts. Mm -hmm. So when you talk to your wife or girlfriend, you talk to her about how marvelous she is and how you love her so much and how you care for her and how much she helps you and how uh, uh, good this relationship is and that you really appreciate her and you just rub it in and you start yeah. practicing rubbing it in. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, go for the wholesome thoughts. Mm -hmm. Go for the fact that she's the absolute best thing that ever happened for you. Yeah. And keep telling her that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she'll become that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I like that. And, you know, I think that's something that I, I feel like I know. Um, but it's good to talk and hear somebody else say it. <laughs> so, because I guess, yeah, that's the good thing. Because about we're, because our, even though our, our gushy, warm, feeling, cuddly heart knows that on the deep inside, our society has taught us not to do that. Yeah. That it's a jungle out there where, in fact, the reality is, is that the one who is screaming, jungle, jungle, jungle is in here and the jungle is in here. <laughs> Yeah. And so we feel exposed and in danger when we open in a cuddly way to others. So like an example, when uh, when Tam goes to the store, she'll say, do you want anything? And I'll say something like, yeah, I kiss. Because <laughs> that makes her feel warm and bushy. Yeah. 
So yeah. this is nurturing. Nurture your wife in order to remember to nurture yourself. Nurture your son in order to remember to nurture your wife in order to remember to nurture yourself. And now you've got a whole tri triple gem going here of nourishing. Mm -hmm. And we practice this over and over and over again so that we can nourish the very one who slaps our face. It may take a while. You have to stop stinging first, but you don't have to hold a grudge against him for long. Yeah. So what? Welcome back, Robert. Glad to see you. <laughs> Good to see you guys. I was going to make dinner, but I got too lazy. So. <laughs> lazy so, is good. Yeah. <laughs> if Gordon can gecko can say greed is good, then Damarato can say lazy is good. <laughs> there you go. Lazy is good. No place to go and nothing to do and everything is okay. Not a problem in the world. And that needs to be practiced. Right. Especially yeah. by those who have things to be, go, places to be, things to do, hills to conquer, people to hurt, you know, all of that kind of stuff of Western culture. They need to yeah, learn. Totally lazy, but they are adamant that they're not supposed to be lazy. Even when they go on vacation, they don't vacate. Right. They go to a resort, spend a lot of money, work out, go to fine dining, dancing, jogging down the beach. And by the time they get all of that done, when they get back to work, they need a vacation from their vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Better enjoy the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> When they could have just enjoyed the day and hung out. Yeah. But we kind of think that, oh, my day off is a special day. I've got to go do something special. When in fact, with the, the very special that you can do is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just to practice doing nothing and everything is okay. And my family is marvelous. What a marvelous world this little family is. That's the way to think. Yep. Got everything you need. All is well. But you see, that's not the way that we normally think. We normally think about the way that we were taught to think. But now you're having the opportunity to make a change, but not a change, but the, the possibility of practicing making changes. Because that's the only way that we'll ever learn anything is by making a mistake, look at what we're doing, picking ourselves up, dusting ourselves off, and then boogie down the road. <laughs> and it's learning how to remember to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off, but we'd rather lay in the road in a pity party. <laughs> For me, somebody tripped me up. Who was it? Who done it? <laughs> So this is what the practice is really all about. The practice is about having fun because we've actually forgotten how to have fun. And we think that the only fun that we can have is by playing sports, beating somebody at basketball or um, weightlifting or getting something done and then we can have joy rather than the fact that we can have joy by uh, the very, very best skill is to be able to set things down. Yeah. And to stop trying to get our joy out of things and places and people and start taking our joy, which was freely available to us all along. <laughs> we just got talked out of it. So, Yusuf, what do you think about this? Um, I think um, tomorrow is kind of like a, a vacation, so I'm going <laughs> to, it's at the weekend, so mm -hmm. um, I think it's a good time to, to practice what, what we've been talking about and, <laughs> and not do anything, just be, be with 
my family and, and practice mm -hmm. these things. <laughs> yeah, and practice being wholesome. That's the only yeah. thing you've got to do is to practice doing nothing. You don't have anything to fix. Your wife's not broken. Your kid's not broken. He's wonderful. He's just fine, just like he is. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go enjoy playing with him. I have will. Fun. I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's good. I think that this is a good lesson for you today is to recognize that um, that we do not have to treat the teachings of the Buddha as something special. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing to it. That's that's a Buddhist joke, by the way. I just told you. There's, re there's really nothing to it. <laughs> because there's this highfalutin word called sunyata or sun, sunyata that means the void or emptiness. And Western un don't just don't understand that that's just a toy to play with. But mm. there's nothing to it. What's the meaning of life? Well, there's nothing to it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing much there. Which means that we do not have to fulfill a destiny, that in fact it's because we are in old bad habits, we're actually fulfilling our destiny, because our yeah. destiny is just our old bad habits. We're mm -hmm. going around doing what we were told to do. We're being high, uh, uh, let us say, guided by an invisible hand. <laughs> yeah. And so all we need then to do is to take control of one's life. Recognize you can feel the way that you want to feel. You can do what you want to do, which is probably a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Just enjoy the show. You don't have to be an actor on the stage. Huh. You don't have to be a daddy. You can just be a friend. You don't have yeah. to be a husband. You can just be a lover. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's... I, I agree with that. That's what... that Because if you're... If you're trying to to fulfill something, it, it's it might not create the the result that I want. <laughs> then, in fact, why want a result? That's yeah. the whole problem: is that our society has taught us to be in a state of want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rather than being in a state of satisfied. So that's what we're practicing. It's the practice of just being satisfied. Take mm -hmm. the day off. Day's yeah. a good day already. Nothing, mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing to it. Easy peasy. Okay. Um, so I, every, every time the old machine starts up again, start watching that. That's the whole point is watch what you're doing because the mind is in the habit of cranking out a bunch of garbage, a bunch of orders, a bunch of shoulds, a bunch of uh, uh, instructions, and we wind up feeling bad about what we're telling ourselves to do. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of watching to do, I feel like, <laughs> at least for me, because it, it seems like there's more, more and more, I mean, that you kind of notice, so... <laughs> So I've got, I've, the work the, the the work is cut out. So that's kind of exciting, I guess. <laughs> rather than not, I mean, just rather than not um, not seeing that there's all that work to do. <laughs> I guess that's that's how I'm feeling right now. So, and I I think maybe if you're and and I I I'm sure that. You know, like you don't know what you don't know, but you can. I feel like you you can get a, an, a you can get an idea or an, an intimation of what you have to do. <laughs> okay. Well, there's another kind of small way of looking at it. You're correct in what you're saying, but another way of phrasing it or another way of looking at it is that we don't need to know everything. We only need to know enough, and all we really need to know is is that it's okay. Uh -huh. 
that my life passes my test and I'm all right. Okay. That I have arrived. I'm okay. I've made it this far. So far, so good. That's <laughs> the important piece of information to have. Is you're okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. They're not broken and need to be fixed. Yeah. I mean, what a relief that is. Think about it. Did you? Yeah. Already? I, <laughs> so what about someone else who doesn't feel that way? I mean, there's people who struggle. Yeah, well, you're not going to be able to help them if you start yeah. feeling that way when they do. Yeah. The only way that you're going to be able to help them is by being able to remain OK, yeah. even when they tell you you're not. Yeah. Or that they're not. Uh, one, That's one why moment. it needs to pick. Yeah, go ahead, Robert. I've oh, been waiting question. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just been thinking about something that's been happening in the last several hours. <laughs> uh, so um, one question is, what if, you know, the other person wants something very unreasonable, you know, um, and it's hard for you to, to give them that thing because of how, how unreasonable it is, you know, and and you can do it, but like it takes a lot of time you know, et cetera. Um, but you well, want to maintain the relationship with this person. Sure. So. Uh, but you're using the word unreasonable. Let's unpack that for just a moment. Okay. Sure. Unreasonable actually has the quality of that it's fanciful. Okay. That we cannot reason our way into it means that it's fanciful. All right. So one of the ways that we can do that, then is start making it fancy. Start talking about what color it's going to be and how big it is and just really get it big and start to play with it. OK, sure. and as you do and and talk the person into it that way, one of the ways that you can then begin to uh, to do is with the questions and the uh, techniques. You begin to ask some questions to where they too can see that they're playing with a fantasy that is unreasonable. But you do it in a very playful, haphazard kind of way. Nowhere to go. But if you think of them as unreasonable because their request is unreasonable, now you've gone down your own rabbit hole. Sure. I mean, how many times have you wanted something unreasonable? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. We all go around wanting things, and it doesn't matter whether they're reasonable or not. The issue is wanting. Right. Greed, according to Gecko, is good, but look what happens to people who catch that disease. Sure. Doesn't go so well. Mm -hmm. But when we recognize that, hey, I don't want anything because I've got what I need. I'm okay already. I've got it all. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. And that becomes not only realization, but almost kind of like a mantra to practice. But that's wholesome. I'm already okay. I don't need unreasonable things. That in fact, a way of looking at it is any and everything that you wanted that was reasonable has already been within your reach and you've gotten it. The only right. things that we don't have are the things that were unreasonable already in the beginning. Mm. Everything that you want that you don't have is something unreasonable for you to be wanting right now. Get over it. <laughs> you don't have it. It's not here. <laughs> And not only get over it, but get over it and say, wow, I don't even have to go have to get it anymore. But that was unreasonable. Okay, so that's the way to begin to understand unreasonable. Yeah, everything is unreasonable. Fixing the Democratic Party is unreasonable thing to want. <laughs> <laughs> Fixing the Republican Party is unreasonable also. So let's stop wanting unreasonable things and start enjoying the way things really are. <laughs>
as they already are. They're good enough. Let the unreasonable people fight with each other over who gets what. Because all of them are going to remain unsatisfied and unreasonable no matter how much they batter each other. So that's how you deal with someone who is unreasonable is treat it in a humorous way. Oh, is that what you want? huh? Yeah. And you can question them about it in the sense of, um, well, will that car fit in your driveway? I mean, just silly little questions. You can just ask them all kinds of questions and get them to begin to see their reasoning is such that they can't, they don't have it, and they're probably not going to get it because what they want is unreasonable. So why why is play and humor effective in this? Why I'm just curious if there's if if there's a way to understand why that is some uh, a response. Because your only choice is either battle, fight, or flight. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are the only other two choices. Mm -hmm. Is fight or flight. Or friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> mm -hmm. Those are your three choices fight or flight or friendship. Okay. I think that um that's that's enough for me to to, <laughs> to remember for today. Fight or flight or, or friendship and practice performance and play. Uh-huh. <laughs> So awesome. Yeah, I, I have to, to sign off, but uh, I enjoy. know this has been a really <laughs> great time, guys. I really appreciate that. Hang on, Robert. Likewise. We'll finish the right. uh, the video and we'll chat about something else. So, OK, Yusuf, I am so glad to see you. Thank yeah, you for me coming too. on. Thank this has been really great. I've enjoyed it. Me too. Bye. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye, Robert. I'll call you right back. Great to see you, Yusuf. Oh, okay. Have a great Friday evening. <laughs> All right. Cheers.